Hello, hello. You are listening to Apricity. My name is Sion. I am your host. Apricity means the warmth of the sun in the winter. My hope is that this podcast feels like a cup of tea on a cold winter day. In today's episode, I am joined by my friend Paige. She is a certified hormone specialist a Pilates instructor. She also co-founded From Force to Flow, a guide to learning how to optimize your day-to-day through reconnecting to your body's natural rhythm in an attainable way. In today's episode, we talk all about hormones, our stories with losing our periods, getting on the right medication, adding meat back in, gaining our life back, There's so much great information in this episode on nutrition, seeing a doctor, birth control. Paige is such a light and has been a friend of mine for a very long time. So it was really special getting to sit down and record with her again. Welcome back. Thank you. (laughs) Everyone's favorite guest is here. I'm joined by the one and only Paige. We're in a studio, which is a big change up from recording in my apartment last time. Yeah, so much has changed. <laughs> it was two years ago. And we've both continued to evolve in learning about our hormones and changing how we eat and how we move. This can just be everything about hormones, part two. And in the first episode, we didn't really get into our personal journeys with getting diagnosed which I think is so important because anyone else going through this is going to feel like so alone until they hear others. Like we just said, how I felt so alone until I heard yours. So some context for someone who might not have listened to the first episode. Paige and I have been friends since we were little kids and we have had really similar health journeys. And we're going to talk a little bit more about our health journeys. But first... For people who haven't listened to the first episode, what is your sun, moon, and rising? Oh my gosh, you asked me this last time. (laughs) Sion knows this stuff better than me. I'm Sagittarius. I have a lot of Sagittarius in my chart, but that's all I know. What's mine? Your Taurus moon. Okay. And then... (laughs) (laughs) Tell me. I listened to the episode yesterday. (laughs) You're a Gemini rising, and we're both Gemini risings. What does that mean from someone that knows this stuff better? (laughs) (laughs) So I have been told that... Gemini rising is like you love to conversate and you're very curious about exploring more into topics and you're very curious about the world, why things work the way they do. You want to talk Mm -hmm. about it with people. You have this like fire for life. It makes so much sense. It's us. (laughs) It's It's us. (laughs) It's why we're here right now talking. (laughs) Yeah. Let's go a little deeper into your journey. I don't know where you want to start. Our most similarity is how young we were when our health issues started. I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's disease when I was nine. So that's fourth grade. I'm lucky. I mean, that I found it out that young. I found it out because my sister actually has it as well. And she was at school and she got this big lump on her throat, which is very common with Hashimoto's, like an enlarged thyroid gland. So a teacher called my parents and they're like, hey, you got to get like something's wrong with Danielle. They got her tested. Like, might as well get Paige tested as well because I was always complaining about being tired. We just found out through that blood test then levels were completely crazily off. And so I got on medication when I was nine. And things really started to change once hormones really started to come into play. Once I got my period, I got my period at like 13 and a half. 
And that's when everything really started to change. I felt my thyroid medication wasn't working. I was always fatigued. I started getting all these stomach things, really bad mentally as well, (laughs) really started struggling with anxiety and depression. At the same time, I got my cycle as well. It took years and years between 13 and a half to honestly about 20 of not feeling like myself, not knowing what was going on in my body, not getting answers, seeing every conventional doctor and, you know, take birth control, take an anti-anxiety medicine. That was their answer. And, you know, that stuff didn't help me. At 20, I lost my period. That's when like doctors finally started to take things a little more seriously. And we took a more root cause approach, started measuring hormone levels rather than just measuring thyroid. Where's your estrogen? Where's your progesterone? Where's your testosterone? And we got so much more information about my body. We started targeting those hormone levels and I completely got my life back. That is when I realized that hormones absolutely rule every single part of your body. Literally every woman is affected in some way. Right. And I think a lot of people don't start to experience hormone imbalance or struggling with their hormones or know they're experiencing Mm -hmm. it rather Mm -hmm. until their 20s. Mm -hmm. And so for you to go through that at such a young age Mm -hmm. must have been so hard. You too. Yeah. (laughs) For those who don't know, Dion has a very similar experience at starting very young. Why did you hold off on going on birth control? What did you take Mm -hmm. when you first started taking medication? I was very lucky because when I got my thyroid diagnosed, my thyroid condition diagnosed, my sister and my mom were going through the same thing. My dad was like driving one day, heard a a news thing on the radio about this great doctor that specialized in thyroid medication and thyroid healing and took a different approach to it. I was about 14 at the time and between nine and 14, each every six months, they would just raise my Synthroid and that was the only medication I was on. On a crazy amount of Synthroid for a 13 year old, I was over a hundred <laughs> Synthroid. So my dad's like, wow. okay, let's try something new. So I got to a new doctor, luckily the same time that hormones were coming into play. And she's like, with Hashimoto's and with your sensitive body, you cannot be on birth control. So I always had her voice in the back when I was seeing other doctors saying, you cannot do it. So I thank God for her every day because I know my story would be so different if I was on birth control. And my journey right now as a 24-year-old would also be so different if I was just coming off of it. When I started seeing her, I was already on Synthroid and she added T3 to the mix. And that's because our T4 converts to T3 if you have a healthy thyroid. If you don't, the conversion might not be happening. So you need both active forms of thyroid hormone to have a functioning thyroid. So once we added T3 into the mix, everything started working out better. And that's what I'm still on right now. How did you feel different? when you added that in because I know when I was just on Synthroid I had no energy none whatsoever you're taking a thyroid hormone but it wasn't being converted and we weren't getting the benefit of it I really think the main thing was energy honestly something that I have with Hashimoto's is really slow digestion bloating and SIBO because of the slow digestion and the T3 definitely sped things up just my whole body was just metabolism was faster digestion was faster energy was smoother and that's all because of the t3 as women it's wild that we're not taught about this I know. why was i not taught about all my different hormones and for how common thyroid conditions are in women what is it one every four i think yeah. something like that we need to be taught about it and not only that but obviously estrogen progesterone are periods 
when you're in seventh grade health class, we're learning about boys like morning wood. Never once did they say you have four phases in a cycle and you have a few hormones and some of them affect what you're feeling throughout the month. Never Do you once. remember when we had to watch that documentary, Super Size Me, in seventh grade? Yes. Why were we watching right. that? <laughs> oh my gosh. About like obesity and, yeah. and eating McDonald's every day. I, so, <laughs> I forgot about that. I know. <laughs> Context, Paige and I actually went to middle school together. Just so, so like, crazy. I know, it's so <laughs> crazy. We were on a soccer team together when we were in second grade. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. But I was like, why didn't we learn about Why don't we this learn stuff about then? this stuff? Why don't we learn about cycle syncing? Why don't we learn mm-hmm. about living in alignment with our cycles? I just thought my cycle was my period and that was it. Same. I thought that was it. And then once I got older, I'm like, oh, ovulation. But I thought it was just those two. When you're young, you're not thinking about that. And yeah, as soon as I got my period, and I don't know if you have a similar story, but that's like I said, when a lot of the anxiety and depression started coming. But I felt so crazy because it wasn't every single day. I would get like little bouts of depression, like where I could not literally leave the house. Now I know that was during my luteal phase. But I'm like, wait, why was I so happy last week? Why am I so depressed this week? I was Googling like, am I bipolar? Like the seventh grader, like Googling, what do these mood swings mean? And now I can be like, that's because your estrogen was so different and it causes this. And if I just knew that stuff then, I wouldn't have been as hard on myself and thought of myself as crazy. And now we know things like when I'm in my luteal phase, I do cold water immersion because it completely resets my dopamine. I love that. And so I'm like, okay, there's little things I can do now. This might be happening during this time because of hormone levels, not because of you, because of what's going on in your body and what are specific things that help me. And it's going to be different for everyone. If it's cold water therapy, if it's certain supplements, if it's low intensity movement, you find what works for you to help even that out during a time of hardship and if we just knew that then and had our own little resources things would be different let's talk a little bit about how you knew things just weren't right still what symptoms were you feeling you know you go to the doctor they're like okay you have a thyroid problem here's some synthroid for me personally I wasn't put on synthroid for two years which is how I developed Hashimoto's they always just said to me, oh, you're on enough Synthroid. And I'm like, my hair is falling out. I don't have eyelashes. I don't have energy. And I'm 14 years old. There was always this level of me feeling very alone and isolated because even though they believe me, like a lot of doctors were like, oh, she's just depressed. Mm-hmm. You're depressed. You have IBS. That's what I was told for a good like six to eight to six to 10 years. Honestly, that was just my diagnosis. I'm like, no, I promise, like, there's something else there. You just know when you don't feel like yourself. That's something that's really hard to explain to my family, to my doctors, when I'm like, no, I know things are better, but I know how I'm supposed to feel, and I know this isn't it. And if, like, this is the quality of life that I'm going to have the rest of my life, like, I don't see the purpose. I just knew there was something more. Digestion was still slow. Even though it was helped, it was slow, which, once again, caused intestinal permeability and bacterial overgrowth so I always had these stomach issues even though they were better they were there and that got in the way of my life the energy was not there I saw all my friends between the ages of 14 and 20 wanting to go out every night wanting to do things after school wanting to wake up early and we were from a cool area there was so much to do and I never wanted to do it because I knew my body couldn't keep up with theirs 
And that's when I really knew. I'm like, okay, if other people this age are wanting to do this, but I don't, like something's got to be off. Yeah. There's a level of vitality. A big thing with Hashimoto's is weight. And I don't know about you, but I feel like to me that is maybe on the outside how people might recognize I'm struggling with something. For me, I was like, oh, everyone just thinks I'm lazy because I've gained a ton of weight. Mm -hmm. And every doctor was like, eat less, exercise more. Fast. Fast. I ran my body into the ground. I was like 13 years old. I started dieting at 13. And I had no energy. And I had an eating disorder, but I didn't know it. And a weird thing with Hashimoto's is you can eat less and it's not going to affect your weight. So, unfortunately, you can have an ED and other people might not recognize it because it's not physically visible. Right. And both of us have tried, like, genuinely every single diet. Every single diet possible. (laughs) No, we were raw vegan. Yeah. Food combining. (laughs) Did you ever do that or no? I never got to the level of food combining. You're very lucky. (laughs) Because that added a whole nother rule, rigid thing in my mind. But then, like, also no beans because you have IBS and then no lectins, but then food combining. So you need to eat your protein and starches away from each other. But fruit first and no fruit afternoon. Crazy shit. I wonder we felt so so bad. I just was eating like nuts all day long because I was vegan Mm -hmm. and I was gluten free and I was dairy free. And Mm -hmm. so like everything's like nut based. Yep. So I'd have like my almond milk latte for breakfast. Uh Uh-huh. And then I'd have like granola. Yeah, granola that was mostly like nuts and seeds. And then I would have my almond yogurt. With a sprinkle of nut butter on it. Right. And then I'd have like vegan cheese, which is made from nuts. Uh (laughs) Like cashew nuts. No. Like my poor body was so- Cups of nuts today. So inflamed. So inflamed. So inflamed. I had terrible digestion. So slow. So bad. Dude. (laughs) No wonder some of my health issues were invalidated by some of the people who knew my lifestyle. Because they're like, okay, you have this crazy life. So I'm like, no, it's making me healthier. (laughs) No, it was making me terrible. But I had this whole like vision of, I already had slow digestion, as you know. And I'm like, well, meat would slow my digestion down more. Meat would make my stomach issues worse. The second I started eating red meat, I got the most regular digestion of my life. Like it's crazy. What have been your diet shifts from throughout time? Throughout time, let's talk about every period and, and what has made you feel the best. I never realized the impact of nutrition until my senior year of high school. My senior year of high school is when things started getting a little rigid, really coming from a place of I want to feel good. So nothing's working. Maybe this is the answer. Let's try what I can to feel good. And that's when I went gluten free, which I still am. But that's when I also started trying every diet out there. That's also when social media, I'd say, started. There started to be more wellness content out there. So I started to become aware of diets that I didn't know were possible, like AIP, like paleo, like vegan. And then I had my own doctors telling me, go low FODMAP. Oh, and then the food combining thing. So I decided to put all five of those together into one. <laughs> which <laughs> process of elimination. I said, let's crazy. eat some nuts and some, some salad. So really, that's what I was eating. And I went to college and I was gluten-free. I was vegan. What that leaves you with is really just vegetables and nut butter. Um, and that's really what I was doing. So there's no protein there whatsoever. And Which is so 
important for your hormones. So important. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to how that changed our lives. And then my health shifted. I kind of swung to hyper for a minute. A lot of weight fell off quickly. It was honestly a scary time that I don't have an answer as to what happened, to be quite honest. And none of my doctors did. And that just goes back to hormones and thyroid. Shit just happens and weight swings up and down. You know, I wasn't eating less at the time, but a lot fell off and that got a lot more eyes on me because a lot of people were concerned. So then I was like, okay, well, no one cared about this diet when I was in their eyes, like a few pounds overweight, but now they're really concerned about this diet of mine. And I'm such a people pleaser. Like I really was trying to prove like, okay, nothing's wrong with me. So I started just to please other people peeling back from it. And then I knew I was moving into a college with other girls and I knew they all ate meat and stuff. And I'm like, I don't want them to think I have an issue. And that's why I'm so skinny right now. (laughs) I need to honestly, like to prove myself, start eating the way they eat. Because if they see me eating fruit first and doing all these things, they're going to think I'm crazy. So I knew what I was doing was crazy. (laughs) Obviously, if I like didn't want other people to know I was doing it. That's how you know you have a problem. That's how you know. I had doctors for like two years telling me like even red meat once a week would be great for you, Paige. Like, you know, just a little bit of protein. Eat meat again, Paige. So I had those doctors telling me stuff for years, but I didn't finally listen until I'm like, okay, I don't want other people judging me. That is end of college, actually. That's when I started putting meat back into my diet. And it really was just to prove to other people I'm fine. And I felt better within like the next day, (laughs) which was crazy. I'm like, this is placebo, but like, let's keep going because I've never had this much energy and clarity in my brain in a long time. So I kept going and I kept feeling better. And being around people who didn't have rules around food and living with these people and seeing that they were healthy and energized, it had me peel back more. Yeah, I guess that's really how I got out of the fix of it. Then once I started feeling well, that's when I started studying nutrition and hormones on my own and really getting to like the basics of it and learning about blood sugar balance and learning about what that means for your hormones, what that means for your thyroid, what that means for your liver, which converts your T4 to T3. I'm like, wait, (laughs) this is, this all makes sense. And that's how I've gotten to where I am now. Living closer to the way our ancestors did, which our ancestors ate meat but they didn't overdo any anything it's it's about what resources they had at the time yeah and their quality was better (laughs) way better honestly way better so I very similarly was restricting everything and it completely destroyed my social life I didn't go out to dinner with friends I was pretty like embarrassed honestly about what I was doing and I feel for so many people struggling with food because I think a lot of the times you're doing it from a place of like I just want to feel better Mm -hmm. I was just thinking about that you never get to that point if you're feeling good If you're happy about how you look or how you feel, you never get to that. You only get to that because you're not feeling your best in one way. Yeah. You know, I was very, I would say like limited with what I ate for a long time. And then I got to a point where my digestion shut down and I was not able to digest any food and I was losing a lot of weight and then suddenly same everyone cared about what was going on with me yep (laughs) and that just like makes me so sad because I know that when you struggle with eating there is not a body type that goes with struggling with eating 
there's not a body type that goes with having imbalanced hormones. Everyone is so different. And so to write someone off just because they don't look a certain way just makes me so sad. So I was in denial. I had an eating disorder because I was like, well, I'm not skinny enough. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Like truthfully, that was what I thought. Yeah. And then I went through therapy for it and I realized that I was living in a way that was not healthy for me emotionally and I started working with a nutritionist and she was like, girl, like you don't eat any protein. Like I was like, I'm lactose intolerant. And she goes, where does that come from? (laughs) (laughs) Why? Why do you think that? (laughs) Yeah. Why do you think that? And I was like, well, like my stomach hurts sometimes like after I have dairy and she's like, is it good quality dairy? Are you stressed when you're eating it? Yes. (laughs) Does your stomach hurt? All the time? Like, yes. So it was kind of breaking down why I thought the things I thought about food. And there's a lot of fear that comes with bringing things back into your diet. And I'm so thankful I'm at the place I'm at now where I genuinely do not have any food restrictions. Coming from a true place of self-love has been adding things back in. And I love, I think Mark Hyman was the first person who introduced that to me. It's like, what can I add into my diet? Rather than take away. Rather than take away. Because we took so much away. <laughs> yeah. Nothing was left in but our almond butter. I would binge on nut butter. That Same. was my binge food. Because you get a little bit of fat and protein yep. that we weren't getting from dairy or meat or fish, like when I yep. was vegan. So that was like the small source of fat and protein. So we had to eat so much to make up for what our body actually needed, which could have been like one piece of salmon. So <laughs> you need crazy. so many tablespoons of nut butter to get to the get protein there. and good fats from one piece of salmon. And your body is just doing everything it can to keep you alive. Yeah. That is all it is doing. It doesn't hate you. Food doesn't hate you. Your mm-hmm. body just wants to help you survive. So when that kicks in and people binge, it's because you are not getting something in an area mm-hmm. of your life. Maybe mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I'm eating enough, but I'm still binging. Well, then emotionally. Yeah. You know? Where else can you get dopamine other than a quick hit from food? You're missing it elsewhere. Socially, physically, yeah. So let's talk about what foods you added back in. What has made you feel the best? So red meat didn't come back into my diet right away when I started eating meat again. But I ended up, must have been through social media, someone talking about bison and how great bison is for you. So that was the first red meat I added back into my diet and I thought I was feeling good already with the meat and the... the you were having like chicken like and fish chicken, before. Chicken and fish. Yeah. I thought I was feeling good. As soon as I had the red meat, I felt even better. My hair loss, my, again, like the mental stuff, it really, really boosted once I started adding quality bison back into my diet. And that was the only red meat I had for a while. And that's really the main red meat I have. I alternate between that and like high quality ground beef. That's made me feel so good. And then high quality dairy that came a few months after the red meat. I started with Greek yogurt because I started really learning about the importance of protein, especially in the morning. And I used to eat it all the time and be fine with it. So I'm like, let's see now. And I had no stomach problems like I convinced myself I had. The easiest way to get in like 15 to 20 grams of protein in the morning was a small yogurt bowl because I was also trying to eat earlier and I wasn't that hungry earlier. So it's just such an easy way to get it in. 
Then came the cottage cheese, which I love. And it's so high protein. That small little. That's what you're known for. <laughs> I freaking love it. You are known for like, the cottage cheese. If I can cheese. be known for anything, let it be cottage cheese. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love it's so it. so funny. <laughs> yeah, like, if who you told known? me that, like, three, four years ago, honestly, it's made me feel so good. And as soon as I started adding quality Greek yogurt and cottage cheese in my diet, I again had like between that and the red meat, which were things that I convinced myself would be so bad for my digestion and slow my digestion down because people say red meat and dairy. I got the most regular digestion of my life and I'm sure it's from the probiotics and the healthy fats and just lubricating things and that really cleared up my digestion issues. The last of them that I had. So now I eat everything. I still avoid gluten due to I don't like how it makes me feel. And there are studies of, you know, Hashimoto's avoiding gluten for certain, you know, reasons to keep levels more in check. But other than that, I eat everything in moderation and have a big focus on quality. It's wild how you can be so convinced that there's one way of living and there's one way of eating. And then you shift it and you're like, wait a minute, what was I doing before? I just added red meat back in. I would have it occasionally occasionally like I would have a burger or whatever but I, mm-hmm. I really I didn't have it more than a few times a year and I was kind of afraid of it because I had been vegan right and I was like what if my stomach starts hurting how do I add this back in I started with chicken when I added meat back in realized I felt way better added in fish and I was like oh my gosh this is giving me so much energy And then I added red meat back in and I was like, this was the missing thing. Mm -hmm. And cheese too. And and dairy. Mm -hmm. I started having goat milk yogurt, which love goat milk. If you're scared to add dairy back in, that's a great place to start because Mm -hmm. it doesn't have lactose in it. Mm -hmm. So your stomach will die. And sheep's milk too. Mm -hmm. Love. I think that's how I started. There was a sheep's milk yogurt at the farmer's market. And I think that was like the first yogurt I added back in if you ever feel unsure about where to source your things just go to the farmer's go to the farmer's like truly you'll feel good eating most things from the farmer's market and also meeting the people who are working on the farm or own the farm it it makes you feel this isn't just some random place I'm getting my food from I know where my food is coming from and see the hands that helped cultivate it and it just Mm -hmm. makes you more connected to the food you're eating I think so too it's all about quality. So I have like lamb now. I love lamb. The lamb from Erewhon. Have you had it? No. Oh, you need to go to Erewhon after this and see if they have it. Okay. The, they have it a lot. The best thing in the world. That sounds Lamb so makes good. me feel really good. And then recently, plant protein powders never made me feel great. Anytime I'd have a like pea-based protein powder, even though people said that's better for digestion or whatnot... I would get so gassy, so gassy. And I was making all these like desserts with it, all this stuff. And, and it so, tastes good. So you're like, tastes whatever. Great, yeah. You know, and you know, I didn't put that right with my digestion issues at the time. I'm like, well, what else could I have eaten that could have caused it? And then I was able to realize it was like the plant proteins I don't do well with. So I added high quality whey protein back in my diet. No stomach issues. Like people convince you that whey is bad for, st- and you know, for some people, you might not agree with whey and plant based might be best for you, but that's not the case for everyone. Like they make it seem everybody is so everybody's different. different, and I thrive with whey protein and all the amino 
acids in it and everything it makes my body feel so good you're making me want to try it again you need to try i'm it. like is that my next because yes. i don't plant protein is just kind of i don't feel the you, best with it i really wanted to start doing smoothies in the morning again but i knew every time i had a smoothie in the morning my digestion was messed up for the day mm. and then i realized it was the protein powder in it what do you think about cold food in chinese medicine they say like stay away from cold foods for good digestion what do you yeah. think about that I know I work with an acupuncturist and she loves smoothies and she's like when you're having a smoothie just add cinnamon or add a little ginger add some warming element to it mm, also that's so helpful yeah you can have or she's like maybe not as much ice like maybe you know just like blend it together and have it more in a juice form but she really is like add a knob of ginger in your smoothies or some cinnamon or nutmeg um, to add the warming element and you can still have cold it's all about picking and choosing. Like if having a cold smoothie is the way to get in these nutrients, I'd rather have a cold smoothie and get in my nutrients and protein unless you have other ways of getting it. If my stomach's off, I'll gravitate more towards the warming side, but that's not every day. Earlier you were talking about importance of getting protein. How yes. much protein do you try to eat every day? Why should people be trying to eat protein? Because I think a lot of people don't know this. Protein is so essential for blood sugar balance for our muscles for our metabolism for our liver our hormone levels our thyroid levels our energy it really is so key and you know when I kind of think back to like what my grandparents would tell me when I was like nine you know they're like protein like drink your milk have your like orange juice but have protein with everything like they kind of were right and then we right. lost so much like track of it. But like what our grandparents were telling us, it was like they would make a steak, they would have milk with it, eggs and fruit, fruit for breakfast, and uh-huh. maybe some potato. Uh huh. Which you need carbs and bacon. then bacon. Uh huh. It's so crazy. It's so crazy because they were right. And I think like when I look back, both of my grandparents have different beliefs on quality. And one of my grandparents would only buy organic and all that. The other is like (laughs) dollar store. Like I could do not food. Quality really matters to how you're going to feel. I think they were right. We need sugars. We need protein. We need carbs. We need healthy fats. So it really goes to blood sugar balance, which is really important for people with PCOS, with people with Hashimoto's, with people trying to improve their metabolism and metabolic health. As far as how much I have a day, Honestly, I don't count because I don't do well really with like numbers and keeping track of things. And at the end of the day, I'd rather listen to my body. And some days that's going to be less protein than others. But I make the conscious effort. If I'm wanting pasta and I worked out that day and like pasta sounds good, I'm going to consciously add chicken into that or use, you know, maybe a chickpea half and half blend of like chickpea and rice pasta and add chicken sausage and you know, whatever to add that. It's a conscious effort, but I add it to every meal. I don't necessarily count. But for me, you know, if I have cottage cheese in the morning, that's 18 grams. And I do a protein shake, that's another 20. I shoot for like the 80 to 100. And that's what I'm probably hitting most days. Yeah. A lot of doctors have said that the ideal amount of protein to be having is your ideal body weight or like your healthy body weight. Yeah. And so it's different for everyone. It's it's different for everyone. And also you might not feel like I was trying so hard to get like my body weight and protein. And I was like, this is just too much. Yeah. Like I felt like I was eating too much. Same. I was not feeling Yeah, that happened at the, like for me too, which I decided to stop counting was like, okay, I'm, I'm going past what 
my body's limit of like I need to start listening to my body again right my fullness cues I'm full so I really want to push myself to get uncomfortably full just to get in another 20 grams of protein right you know I think just listening to your body because your body's going to tell you what it needs and some days that's going to be more because you worked out some days it's going to be less because of your cycle whatever but I realistically think making sure that you have a protein source at every meal is super key Mm-hmm. I agree and that's where most people can start you know yeah I think with food being like okay is there a protein here is there a fat here mm-hmm. is there fiber here is there a carb here that is a great place to start with your food and if you're not sure how much you should be eating or portions you should be eating I had this dietist or not a nutritionist actually taught me this really great reference of using your hand to portion your food. Mm. Have you ever heard of this? I've heard of it, but I don't know the like a fistful of. It's a good starting place for not counting calories and numbers with food and just using like a vague reference. So Mm -hmm. you can look this up online. I'll link in the show notes if there's a name of it, what it's called, but it's using hand size for portions with food. And it's a, a lot of nutritionists do that to help people come off of counting calories and being so rigid about numbers. And that mm-hmm. helped me a lot when I started trying to get into intuitive eating. I really like that. Yeah. I think it's a good way to think of things. I think the last time we recorded, I was doing just yoga, like for workouts, because mm-hmm. I used to teach yoga. It's been a huge part of my healing journey, both physically and mentally. I now do not do yoga as much as I used to. I still practice it multiple times a week, but back then that was my only thing. And I realized that in order to feel my best, I really needed to get more muscle on my body Mm -hmm. because I had like no muscle. I didn't lift weights. I didn't, you know, I only did cardio and yoga. Mm -hmm. So I started going to the gym and, oh, it's been almost a year now. Almost a year. I started going to the gym and lifting weights. And it has been such a game changer for me. Lifting weights. Having more muscle on my body. Because the more muscle you have on your body, the better your metabolic health is. Yes. (laughs) The better your metabolic health is, the better your hormone health is. Mm -hmm. I think we have this fear as women. Like, this is kind of something instilled in us. Like, oh, I don't want to become bulky. Yeah. It's kind of getting dissolved a little bit now with all the like muscle I mommies. So. And yeah, I know. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, because I saw the girls on TikTok. I was like, damn, like she looks amazing. Yeah, I definitely think weight training is getting talked about a lot more and the importance and it's because of podcasts and it's because of social media and people showing, you know, results from it. Um, can't believe it's almost been a year for you. I don't have a gym membership right now. And I primarily get my weights in through classes and then I do at-home workouts with weights, but you're making me, I mean, I've been thinking about it for a while now. I find it very meditative, like the mind to muscle connection when I'm counting and focusing on my breathing and really like I'm such a movement is therapy type of person. Like if I don't like movement, I will not do it. Yeah. If if I hated lifting weights, I would not do it. But I I actually really like doing it. I can put on my playlist. But I had a really bad relationship with the gym. I I saw it as like a place like, oh, that's where I go to like lose weight. 
because yeah. at one point that was the truth for me. Not not that, you know, losing weight is a bad thing, but yeah. I think that for me in my life, it was coming from a place of self-hatred. And it was a punishment. I love doing that now. That is what my endocrinologist recommends. Similar to when we last talked, you were mainly doing yoga. I was mainly only doing Pilates, Pilates and walking. And it really did make me feel good at the time, for sure. Because prior to that, I was doing boxing and soul cycle and like all this crazy hit all the time it was to lose weight that's why I was doing it not because it was fun so inflamed I did not lose a pound I didn't feel stronger and your muscles were probably at the point where they were so fatigued I was not okay so once I made the switch and this is when I also like at the same time was switching my diet but I was mainly doing walking and Pilates and it felt really good and I truly think it's what my body needed at the time to recalibrate and just like reset everything and then I've had all of my doctors as well say from my acupuncturist to my GI doctor to my endocrinologist you need to be lifting weights a few times a week I'm definitely hold me accountable right now I'm joining a gym because I really do want to learn how to just different things that aren't just structured in a class and really tailor it to my body and my cycle as well when you go to a class you're following their programming when I go to a gym, I can follow my own exactly. based off of my hormone levels and what's going on. Do you cycle sync your workouts? I do. I don't do it rigidly at all. I use it as a way to just like really guide me and have me connect back to like what my body's asking for. So if I'm feeling fatigued and I bring up my flow app, I'm like, oh, that's why. Okay. Also, I'm in my luteal phase. <laughs> I'm in my luteal phase. I'm not going to build as much muscle at this time. I'm going to be more fatigued. This is the better time for me to be doing Pilates and walking and through my menstrual phase. And then as we get to my follicular phase and I start feeling more energy, I'm like, okay, I know I build muscle better. I have the energy. Like, let's push myself. Really listening to your body's number one. I think having the knowledge serves as a good outline. Yes. But then at the end of the day, you need to listen to what sounds best to your body also joy and pleasure seriously i just want to be so clear like i go out with my friends and i have drinks you can be eating the perfect diet you can be exercising the best way but if your nervous system is shot and your stress is high because of it and you're not eating things because you're stressed and whatever you're gonna have bad health if you can eat the cookies and eat the food whatever from a place of this is feeding my soul this is healthy for a part of me it's human eat it and like take a few deep breaths and just like be chill about it it's actually healthy for your body like yeah. literally it's healthy for your body because it's healthy for your nervous system and that controls everything i have learned so much about food from having a boyfriend because <laughs> he's very much like okay like today maybe i ate an entire pack of cookies and is that the healthiest thing for my body no but is it the end of the world no it all balances out and one day of a week of anything is not like a month of anything is not going to have detrimental effects to your health. What will, though, is the state of like what you're feeling. And if you're eating something stressed or being hard on yourself after way more unhealthy for your body than what the food did to your body. Yeah. To be quite honest. For me, for so long, I was like, it's the food. It's the food. It's yeah. the food. The food is truthfully one of the smallest parts yeah. of a whole holistic approach. Are you sleeping? Are you having yeah. fun? Literally, when we were, quote-unquote, eating well and not eating processed or whatever, but not going out with friends and not doing any of that. And obviously, I know personally, I had a lot of shame around it. I would say no. I'd go to bed at 9. I'd get my 8 hours of sleep. 
but I'd be so shameful in bed and mad at myself and those feelings and, and lonely and lonely and oh my gosh like you know the studies of like being lonely you die earlier and you have heart things like there's so many things associated with loneliness just with so much and yes sleep is so important it is like the foundation even I think before food but going out till 3 a.m with friends and laughing and what that does to your nervous system and living in the present moment and not looking at screens that occasionally is and getting four hours of sleep that night so much better than eight to ten hours of sleep sometimes you know it really needs to be all included yeah and talked about especially when you're seeing a doctor like i don't feel well like it's more than just the food (laughs) yes we asked you guys to ask Paige questions on her Instagram stories, and we're going to answer some of those. <laughs> Tips for restoring your period. And we can just talk about our experiences with this. Yeah. Because I don't think we mentioned this earlier. Restoring a period is going to be based off of why you lost it. Um, you know, some people lose it because of a thyroid condition. Some people lose it because of stress. I think a lot of people lose it because of like low body weight or under eating and not proper nourishment for your specific body so finding obviously the root cause um and then targeting that so like I said for the majority of people I see or people who come to me or a similar experience to my own is proper nourishment that means like your fats are what feed your hormones and they create your estrogen and they create your hormones if you're not eating enough healthy fats you're not going to be pumping enough hormones to create a period if you're constantly stressed stressed about food putting your body through stress from overdoing the exercise your body does not feel safe enough for you to get pregnant so it's going to pull your period so it's really targeting stress it's giving proper nourishment to the body for me personally I got to a point where I was doing all of that and I wasn't getting my period and again I have a weird situation because I lost rapid weight and it's because my thyroid was swinging and we couldn't totally figure things out yet. So I had really low estrogen. So I did bioidentical estrogen therapy. And that was rubbing an estrogen cream on my arm once a day. And that absolutely changed my life. And it restored my cycle. And it made me aware of the importance of hormones and how they feel. It feels so bad when you have low hormones. So I think it's really the combination of lowering stress the proper nourishment and then for me to just start things up temporary time of using bioidentical hormones i love that both of us mixing the holistic practices with medication there's nothing wrong with taking medication and doing all the holistic things i don't think so either same goes for mental health stuff like if you're someone who needs medication for mental health everyone is so individual that's why i sometimes avoid the topic of birth control because I think it's a personal choice when I was 13 I lost my period after having it for a few months and so I went to the doctor and that was around the time I developed hypothyroidism and they were like okay let's just put you on birth control at 13 years old I'm not sexually active and I'm going on birth control my mom was a nurse so my mom like really believes in the medical system and she was like yes go on birth control I stayed on birth control. Yeah. And I never felt that. good on it. And my OBGYN was like, well, you're going to be sexually active and you're probably like upcoming years. So you might as well just stay on it. It's going to help your skin. And at 18, I started learning a lot more about just 
how birth control can affect people who have PCOS, how it can affect Hashimoto's. And I ended up seeing a doctor who was like, actually, you're really not a good candidate to be taking hormonal birth control and not a good candidate for the IUD because that was what I wanted to switch to because the copper one is more natural. Yeah. She's like, you're not a good candidate for it because it can actually make your periods heavier and you have more cramps and people with PCOS already struggle with that. Yeah. You can have worse PCOS symptoms. So I was like, okay, I'm actually not going to take that. And, you know, I just do it the old fashioned way. Mm -hmm. Cycle syncing, condoms. It's not the greatest option. But if you do it right and you have a natural, if you have a a pretty regular cycle, it can be so accurate. And that's why I really like natural cycles as a birth control method because you take your temperature, your temperature naturally lowers around ovulation. And that's the time you shouldn't be sexually active if you're trying to not get pregnant so between tracking your cycle and tracking your temperature you have a really good basis of knowing those dates not to have sex right or use protection during those dates again it's a personal choice and we both are you know whatever you want to do but i just think it should be used for those years that you're trying to not get pregnant rather than given at 13 to fix a period that's missing a period that's missing or fix acne those have root causes of things that you can target and fix pretty easily through supplementation through acupuncture through stress through proper nourishment use it for the years that you need to actually use it rather than as a band-aid yes so i went off the birth control and then i lost my period again two years later because of eating stuff i wasn't nourishing myself enough so my body was like you're not giving us anything we're not going to give you anything and Mm -hmm. i lost my period and the truth is i had to properly nourish myself but I think a lot of the times that is the case for people. I'd say most of the time. For friends who come to me or followers who message me or whatever, and it's such a scary thing, we need, I think it's 12% body fat to properly have, again, that's a minimum, to properly have the amount of hormones functioning in our body and pumping in our body. And without that, you could still have a period, but you're going to be extremely symptomatic you can still have a period and not be able to get pregnant. But most most people I've talked to who have lost their period, unless they went through an extreme stressor elsewhere or have an autoimmune condition, it's really because they don't have enough body fat on their body to be producing hormones. Yeah. And if your period is out of whack, you don't need to go on birth control to get it back Mm-mm. in alignment. I recently went through a situation where my hormones got thrown out of whack and I was like, oh my God, am I going to have to go on birth control again? And my doctor was like, no, we're going to give it time and we're going to focus on nourishment and movement. I mean, I had three periods in a month. Wow. It was rough. And I now am completely normal. Everything is back to normal and it just took a little bit of time. It took two months. They say It it takes three months, like three cycles after birth control, after medication, after supplementation, acupuncture, whatever you're doing to target hormone balance, recycles to start having your body respond. You do need to give it time. Your body's like doing everything it can and it's like trying Again, to do it fast. Your body's just like doing you, everything it can. But nothing happens overnight. Everyday tips to help improve hormone health. Something that you and I have talked about recently is getting morning sunlight. It's more than just for your mental health. It's really for your circadian rhythm. A lot of it's for your mental health. It's to wake your body up. Tell your hormones, hey, I'm awake. It's to help lower cortisol levels. You know, we just talked about that. I think that's key. Protein in the morning is key. If you're a woman in her fertile years, 
breakfast is key. I am not talking to men right now. I'm not talking to menopausal women right now. I think we need to be eating breakfast, especially if you're struggling with hormone balance, which are probably the people listening to this. If you have a cycle, tracking it and just being mindful of the changes, listening to your body, proper nourishment, the whole real food diet, targeting stress, doing the things we talked about, going out with friends, feeding that part of your body as well. It's weird because it's not like these super scientific, this specific diet and this specific, it really is like for hormones, getting your body to just like be a woman and like relax and live again. <laughs> Another thing we talked about recently, you started taking inositol. I just started taking it. I am so excited for you because really? personal thing I'm going through is I just two months ago moved out of a place with mold and that molds just triggered my Hashimoto's some you know hormonal things that were once level but you know outside factors can trigger stuff so I'm just on a journey of getting that back to balance and my doctor said inositol can be super great really great for blood sugar balance glucose insulin so then the studies my doctor's so amazing where he like lets me be a vessel and he'll send me studies to share and he explained things so long to just like let me get it and everyone with PCOS and Hashimoto's should be taking inositol because we have problems with insulin and blood sugar and can help testosterone and it's been like a month of me taking it month and a half and I just feel so much more satiated after meals I feel more calm I don't feel shaky I feel less inflamed so definitely something to talk to your doctor about or experiment with if you have PCOS, Hashimoto's, or struggle with blood sugar. I think another one for me that has been a game changer is magnesium, which like we all have heard about magnesium. Yes. I have consistently taken it for a few months now and it has changed my sleep. I also take Just Thrive Probiotic. Like the combination okay. of those two has made my digestion. Like I have no stomach issues the way I used to. The combo between magnesium before bed and trifala, which is this herb. Oh, I love trifala. Like no more slow digestion. Something I recently learned for blood sugar stability and something I've done for a long time. I don't know how you feel about apple cider vinegar. But what I'll do is before meals, I will have warm water. I don't do this all the time because I'm not always at home. Yeah. But if I can, if I'm like about to have dinner, whatever, especially if there's a lot of carbs in my meal. Yeah. I will do apple cider vinegar, lemon, a little bit of sea salt, mix that together. That stabilizes things so much. Yes. Especially before high carbs. Yeah. It's like, amazing. That would be great before like a big pasta pizza night. That's what I do. For digestion, if I overeat a little or eat something that doesn't agree with me after a meal warm lemon with a splash of apple cider vinegar think that acid helps break down food as yeah. well for me so two different benefits before helps blood sugar balance after can help digestion truly great whenever whenever, whenever. you need it <laughs> whenever you can get it in it will help with something favorite hormone supporting foods right now it's probably the same as last episode where salmon blueberries that was that was both of ours <laughs> really <laughs> yeah like like salmon blueberries for me high quality dairy like i said it's changed my hormones my energy bone broth i get my bone broth from the farmer's market um and i do that first thing in the morning when i have it feels really really good for another similar ground bison once a week sometimes more <laughs> sometimes less bison. Who is inspiring you in this season of your life? I was a little sentimental last night. Some stuff went on and it just had me thinking a lot about my family and like what I was grateful for. And I was just like 
made a list of so many important people in my life and it ranged from friends to neighbors to people I barely know and like there's so many but like my brain right now is like but it's everyone like everyone truly is feeding me a different part that I need in my life from like someone I talk to at a coffee shop and barely know to people I know well they're feeding what I need all in different ways yeah it's so interesting you say this so I was writing about this the other day and I was writing about how there are so many different types of love in this world so it's really important for us not to expect to get all of our love from one person like for me my romantic person gives me security and stability those Mm -hmm. are the two most important things it's like I feel safe I feel I can rely on them no matter what those are my two two things Mm -hmm. but then I also think I have soulmates for other mm-hmm. things yep I have this one friend where we just like talk about books all the time and yes. like she's like my book soulmate and she feeds that part of you I'm the same I personally like do not get validation from my parents I get a lot of other things from my parents and my whole life I'm like begging for validation from them and I would in certain ways I made myself sicker to try to get validation from them and I recently realized like I'm never going to get that from them where else can I get that I've made amazing friends who are so validating and taught me what it feels like to be seen. I have an amazing therapist. My acupuncturist is my nurturer. I really believe everyone who comes into your life is there for a reason. It's to teach a lesson or to be there for the rest of your life. I've learned so much through friends and watching their relationships and watching them get validated and them validating me. Things I never experienced. I'm I'm experiencing now in my early mid-20s and learning about what it's like to be like you said like loved in different ways by so many people yeah and not getting it all from one source you can have someone who makes you laugh all the time and then Mm -hmm. like maybe they aren't you know maybe they aren't good at holding like heavier emotions but then you have another friend who like you can talk about deeper things with and right and just learning that every type of love in your life can provide something different and it doesn't make one better than the other or one more important than the other and exactly yeah it's it amazes me that there's like so much love to be received and it's, it's given in this world like the most positive like it's just the most calming thing you can think of once you have that realization yeah when was the last time you had like it could be anything but when was the last time you felt loved by someone yesterday I saw a friend I hadn't seen in a while and that lit up one type of love and then and then like I said something happened last night where my mom like experienced something that was like super triggering and she reached out to me for comfort and it was a way different type of love because I had to be there to comfort her and it was just such roles reversed and I was giving her so much love and then she called me back an hour later I was just flooded with this love that I truly haven't experienced from her in a very long time it was so special makes me so happy it's <laughs> so beautiful it's crazy when you get older and the dynamic switch and it's sometimes you're the caretaker for your parent mm-hmm. when you're an adult like that's something I'm experiencing for the first time oh maybe there are parts of like my parents that haven't been healed yet yes. and it's areas where I can actually support them and help yeah. them and then they still help me yeah no one told me how the early mid-20s how weird and what you learn from them yeah it's been a weird switch for sure realizing oh your parents aren't always perfect and right and they're just people they're just people everyone is just a person and everyone's just doing the best they're capable of at that moment well that's such a beautiful (laughs) way for us to end (laughs) 
Thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you on socials? Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. Page.lindgren on Instagram. Page Lindgren on TikTok. And if you have not heard our last episode, definitely go listen. Paige gives so much great insight in that episode. <laughs> and it's just crazy because we recorded it a couple years ago and just so much has changed. I need to, I'm going to listen to it on the it's, way home. Yeah, so much has changed, but it's a great episode. Linked in the show notes. That's all for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for rating the podcast. Love your friend Sion and Paige.